0: Welcome everyone to a new episode of The Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krishloff, editor of The Transcript, along with Eric Makaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and the biggest change of last week was that Jerome Powell spoke, and he sounded more hawkish than I expected him to sound. He was speaking at a Wall Street Journal conference, and he talked about how the Fed has the resolve to fight inflation, and that people shouldn't doubt the resolve of the Fed in fighting inflation. He also indicated that the Fed doesn't seem particularly phased by what's happening in equity markets, and in fact, implied that this is to be expected as they're raising interest rates. And then he uh, reiterated that they think that the economy is very strong right now, and it's poised to accept a less accommodative policy. And so he was saying, we're planning to get to neutral by the end of the year, but that's not a stopping point, and we'll just see how data is coming in. And he was even implying that they would be willing to accept a slightly higher unemployment rate. So all this balances out to me to say that the Fed is willing to accept some softness in the economy. And when the Fed is willing to accept some softness in the economy and the Fed is tightening, often the economy can get softer. Eric, any thoughts on this?
1: I found the the whole talk by Jerome Powell very interesting because I haven't seen that side of him in a while. Um, I think he let loose... And some things which he rarely talks about, uh, maybe it's pre- preparing markets for what's about to come. I think one for me was that the fact that they're paying attention to the markets, but they really don't care what's happening. They are like, it's okay. In the past, as you say, like they've been that caution, like when the markets do drop, the Fed comes in and kind of helps them. Uh, you call it the Fed put, is that what you call it? I think yeah. that's, that's absent going forward. I think the forecast has shifted markedly from whatever is happening in the markets. They don't care about it so much. They just want to focus on inflation. I think their main focus now is bringing inflation down at all costs. So that includes raising rates. If that's what it takes, then they will go uh, to raising rates. If that means stopping the purchases that they've been doing for the past few months, they definitely will. But the one regret that I noticed there is that they regretted that they didn't raise rates last year. We told them, and uh, we've been telling it. for a while. I wish they read the transcript, though. I think they could have been more data-driven and actually more transcript-driven if they are paying attention. Those are my key takeaways from his talk. But away from that, of course, uh, the two things which I also picked up, which we wrote there is about that there, there are very high rising concerns about a recession uh, that we most commentary is about, are we in a recession or are we not? There's a bit of, uh, there, there are several people saying there's no recession at all. But I think I'm weighing towards those uh, that we picked, especially that are saying like, okay, if you're a company, you should be prepared for a recession. There is a significantly high chance we're in a recession. But then, at the same time, there was Procter and Gamble that said the pace of price increases is actually slowing down a little bit. So that kind of tells you that maybe, maybe not, we're hitting peak inflation uh, going forward. So not sure. Any thoughts on those two uh, or on the other things?
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned a lot of good stuff in there. I think first of all that the Fed has been data dependent, but is a lagging indicator of everything. And was that on the inflation side? We knew that there is inflation in the economy. For a long time, we were picking up and we actually on many podcasts talked about why isn't the Fed being data-driven if they say that they're data-driven? It's very clear that there's inflation. As now, we're starting to see actually probably inflation peak, to your point, and that's partially driven by the tighter monetary policy. Uh, My question is whether they will wait for the data to confirm that. And if they wait for the data to confirm that, inflation peaking and coming down, it's at 8% right now. It's not going to come down all that quickly. The unemployment rate, if they're willing to accept a little bit of a rise in the unemployment rate, we're going to be really squarely in a recession before the Fed starts to ease again, which is usually the way that the Fed reaction curve happens. I think people should be expecting, the leading indicators are pointing towards the recession right now. And I think that the stock market will continue to fall typically as people worry about a recession. And then it will usually bottom once the Federal Reserve appreciates that we're in a recession and the Fed needs to start loosening again. And so that's kind of where we find ourselves probably within this economic cycle right now. And echo what you're saying. Fed should be listening to the transcript.
1: It looks like we have a tough couple of months ahead. As I was talking to you just before the, tra- the we started re- hit recording, it's uh, also we're picking up lots of Commentary from companies, especially dealing with the private markets, that the master is in the public markets is actually now flowing into the the, the private markets. We saw SoftBank say that they themselves are actually going to do half as many investments they did this year as last year. It could go uh, down twenty five to fifty percent. Uh, and then, of course, my favorite though this week was the quote uh, from the PayPal president. I think. Uh, PayPal has gotten hit in public markets uh, significantly because they get confused for BNBL, pure BNBL players. And because of that, the CEO was out this week saying like, no, uh, we're actually not a pure BNBL player. We are profitable. We are cash flow rich. We have around $5 billion in cash flows every year. We're saying don't compare us to the other players in this market. And, and something he raises, the era of just... Pouring out money to growth startups that are not profitable may be behind us. And of course, we saw Lux Capital, Y Combinator, warning their startups like, hey, if you haven't raised cash, this is the best time to raise cash. There's a tough time ahead. And increasingly what you hear from earnings calls now, it's like, hey, there's a tough time ahead. So I think uh, it's the best to prepare if you can. And that's what, across board, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, is that something similar that you're seeing yourself?
0: Yeah, I think that was the other big change of last week is that, especially after markets continue to sell off in reaction to what, to Jerome Powell's hawkishness, you really started to see private markets start to fall apart, especially on the early stage venture stuff. And tech is obviously down a lot. I think the Nasdaq was down 30% already this year. And so the most sensitive sectors to rising interest rates is the technology sector. Because of the dynamic that's persisted for the last 10 years plus of being able to prioritize like longer term growth metrics, customer growth over profitability. And when you are focused on growth and not profitability, that just go back to the pure DCF valuation, um, you're able to have higher valuations in the near term when interest rates are low. So as values come down. All of a sudden people's tolerance for risk comes down as well. And we're seeing a lot of alarm, like some really serious alarm within those private market commentaries that we say.
1: But something I picked in a wisdom section was a bit about this is actually the best time for people out position cash flow have a lot of money on the side to actually put it. Uh, into good use. So there could be some great pickings. A couple of weeks ago, you remember Apple being asked whether they're looking to buy companies like Netflix and all. I just saw this uh, a couple of uh, minutes ago. I saw there's a rumor that Apple may be interested in EA sports. Uh, So it's that time of the economic cycle where those companies that are cash flow rich and stable are looking out to buy and looking for talent to poach from some of these companies that are doing layoffs like Netflix.
0: Yeah, there's the classic Warren Buffett quote of you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide rolls out. And I think as people are getting concerned that capital markets are really tightening up, people who had high burn rates and no hope for profitability are starting to feel the pressure of where's the next round coming from? How am I going to be able to fund myself? And so once the mindset shifts from a offensive mindset to a defensive mindset. There are a lot of different avenues that start to become open. For instance, MA being one of them, you know, you may need to be acquired in order to keep the organization running. So I would say, while there has been a lot of alarm that we're picking up, you know, all of this We've heard this a lot of times over the last 10 or 15 years. I think everybody's just been waiting for the punch bowl to be pulled away at some point. And a lot of people are now talking about the long term. Things will never be the same. It's the end of an era. And I still weigh somewhat skeptical that any of this is really going to change. But if Powell is really going to be hawkish and Powell is really going to to fight inflation, then it could be a longer term problem that we're dealing with.
1: Perhaps... One of the things that is actually really hard to understand, and I think that brings her to the space of retail, is that retail struggled this past quarter, but a part of retail that is actually not struggling at all is actually travel and leisure, like anything to do with travel and leisure, if luggage, I think there was a quote there about luggage being 50% up, people are buying, Uh, there was this kind of stuff. So I think like what has shifted is a shift in spending. Spending is still strong, which is very impressive also. Uh, people are spending in travel, people are spending, planning for the summer especially, but retailers uh, last week got a huge hit. So I think they were expecting people to keep buying the stuff that they were buying last year. And then people suddenly shifted and then re- retailers are stacked with very high inventory. You so saw companies, Food Locker, 37% above last year's, uh, 31% at Student's Palace, 32% increase at Walmart, 40% increase at Calls, Target was also excessively high. I think they were stuck with a lot of inventory. And I think we warned about this early and late last year, that this amount of inventory that these guys are accumulating will actually at some point create an inventory overhang which actually will push them to now doing markdowns uh, going forward. It wasn't surprising for us, but because again, we, we spent a lot of time on transcripts, but I could think that was the remarkable thing that happened last week. And Walmart and these kind of companies had the worst day in terms of like they fell by the most they've done since 1987. And these are supposed to be uh, cyclically resilient companies, I would say.
0: Yeah, this inventory thing is going to get worse before it gets better. It was striking to me how the percent change numbers that we were capturing like last year this time were like 25 percent comp growth you know people's revenue was was increasing by so much and that was kind of across the board and now you're seeing multiple retailers talk about 30 percent inventory growth and three percent comp growth so you've had these big floating inventories and it's interesting technical stuff it's the inventories are, are being bloated partially because of the inflation that the retailers are experiencing, that it's costing more to purchase the inventories. And then the inventory is getting stuck in, in transit. So they just have a lot more inventory in their system. And right now the consumer is spending, or people are still saying the consumer is healthy, but like, I don't think we expect that to continue, assuming that, first of all, government stimulus has already gone away uh, a while ago. And then with capital markets doing what they're doing, spending power is going to come down. And so you've got this bloated inventory that's going to need to be cleared. And again, this is part of the reason why inflation is probably at its peak. Because if you have all of these inventories that are bloated, the way that you you get rid of them is this is a deflationary pressure that's coming to the world.
1: The reality uh, is that they're still going to have a lot of inventory going into even Q2. It's not a surprise because there's also still a lot of inventory that is, on the way that is in transit because supply chains are not yet fully in the clear. They're still highly clogged. So I, I bet a lot of companies ordered maybe double their or triple the amount of inventory expecting to sell it off. And they didn't expect the situation in Russia. And as you say, uh, definitely the consumer is going to get hit. Uh doesn't have an unlimited amount of money. Uh, some of the quotes that we didn't make it to the main section indicated that especially the, the low-income consumer is feeling that, greatest hit uh, from this present rise in commodity prices. So that combined with the high inventory, that tells you there's going to be low inventory turnover going forward for most of this. So it may get worse before it gets better for a lot of these retailers going forward. Um, That would be my final take on that. Anything else or should we end it there for this week?
0: No, it's just a very dynamic (laughs) economy that we've been tracking and it's still the shockwaves from COVID and the war are just still making their way through the economy and the turbulence is something we're dealing with.
1: It's a lot to process. I think this, this week's newsletter was pretty dense in terms of content. I, I, I think we've never had this many quotes that we had to leave out. We'll continue watching all these companies as we head into next week. This week is the the, the annual meeting at Davos, actually, they were at the World Economic Forum. A lot of CEOs are speaking. So we'll be also monitoring some of the quotes they'll be uh, getting from there. Thank you for joining us this week. I'll see you again next week the Transcript Podcasts.